I know. I mean, it's just hard to believe. Allegedly. All right, we going? We're more likely to believe an important local businessman than a foul-mouthed jerk from out of town. Foul-mouthed? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, worst or not, you are back and you are rocking with the worst. I am your host, Falio Iglesias, MC Onion, the Rap Scallion, Matthew McConaughey-Wood, the White James Colburn, which is a way funnier joke than you think. Known to the ladies as a pimp named Sugar Cookie, with me as always is Silvery Plath, Alicia Silverstone, Delta 8 Burke. Yeah, I did it. Woko Ono, Yoni Berra, and uh, as always, the man we cannot do it without, Adam Strange, Mm -hmm. Infidel Castro, Tooth Willis, Forrest Gums, The Vice Count, Dirty Finger. Uh, Yeah, and um, right off top. I have to start with uh, rest in peace, Norm Macdonald. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. If y'all motherfuckers didn't appreciate him while he was alive, you better get with it. Because honestly, I just feel like he was kind of, I don't even want to say a comedian's comedian. But like, if you were like a nerd on some comedy shit and understood what he was doing and why he was doing it. Like, that his shit was just so goddamn funny. Like, his... Just like dedication where like I don't know if you saw the roast where he purposely was like bombing on purpose and doing like uh like jokes from like you know, like the Borscht belt of the fifties, like take my wife, please and like everyone's up there trying to be, you know, the next Patrice O'Neill or whatever, and he just went up there and purposely was doing the unfunniest fucking material like from the fifties and like like as if he was reading from truly tasteless jokes or something you know what i mean and uh it's just nerdy fucking humor and then obviously we all know his shit on saturday night live and fucking yep. also um, his shit as burt reynolds on uh fucking jeopardy yep. the fucking on that celebrity jeopardy yeah Dude, so- i um years as a child whenever comedy central was still new mm-hmm. they had just stopped doing the thing where anybody that remembers john stewart Way mm-hmm. before Daily Show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there was this short attention span theater, yeah. and most mm-hmm. of Comedy Central was just like, we're going to play clips of a routine. So it'll be one joke out of a comic set, just like a music video. And oh, they did that yeah. for years, it was mm-hmm. mixed with cartoons and goofy shit. But back then, just happened to see a, a Norm MacDonald thing, and it was like, it, it was mostly about how poor he was, and that he, his apartment just consisted of a dirty mattress. Mm-hmm. And the whole bit, like the whole half-hour show, was about coming back to that. And one of the big jokes from that was about, like, if he, he wants a dog, but the only dog he's going to get is one that he can take. Yeah. So he's going to get a dachshund. And, <laughs> I know this bit you're talking about, like, yeah. But the whole bit, was, it was the first time I'd seen a comedian that had, his whole set was had, had was all about the comeback to the beginning. Like, he had oh, every yeah, joke was built yeah. on building up the joke. And it really was just about being poor. And the whole thing kept coming back. He couldn't even afford porn. Right. So he would just masturbate at his light bulb that had no cover on it. Because all there was, there's a light on the ceiling yeah. and a dirty mattress and that. A and naked it, bulb. And it wasn't even about the jokes, but it was about like the, the way it was constructed. Yeah. That, that stood out to me more than other comedians at the time did. And at the time, I knew Eddie Murphy. I knew like the famous ones right. and who I had just started seeing on yep. Comedy Central, which basically was like Brian Regan and like the early overflow of garbage from the, you know, the 80s, 90s comedy world. 
No, and I actually, I know the bit you're talking about because uh, one of my favorite parts about it, and obviously we can't recreate mm-hmm. the joke for its comedic purposes, but it was about him being broke and what dog he could afford and, and talking about how, like, uh, you know, people are, like, spending, you know, exorbitant amounts of money, five, $800 on a security dog, on, like, a pit bull or whatever, and he's like, yo, if I spent $500 on a pit bull to protect my belongings... That pit bull would be the most precious belonging that I own, you know. And also, that belonging could kill me. Like, if I own a dachshund, it could just start biting me in my throat in my sleep. And I would just be like, get off me, wiener dog. I would, like, wake up and, like, slap it away. Like, get off me, wiener dog. You know. Like, what's he going to do? Take out my ankle? Yeah. One ankle? I can use the other foot to step on the dog. He just had to. The only way it can get you is when you're asleep. And by the time it gets through to your artery, you're going to wake up. Yeah. Like, smack it away. He just had the. Just really nerdy shit, and uh, <laughs> I obviously I think anyone he was apparently to those, like I'm very blackballed or whatever, whatever they call it from the um from the entertainment industry, and I didn't know that shit. That apparently when Conan first got his show, like in the beginning, <laughs> something Conan, he pronounces like the barbarian, the barbarian, Conan, well, whatever. Conan the late night host. He um he he apparently was a big fr- to, friend of to Norm see McDonald. Jay Leno vanquished and his women running before me. But whoever was producing. NBC at the time was like, no, not him. You're not letting. I'm not letting that guy on a TV show. Fuck him. Wait, Conan uh, didn't the, the, want him on it. The producer for Conan. Oh, okay. And Conan wanted him. Like he was trying to get him on. Wanted yeah. to have him as a writer, and he couldn't. And so he couldn't even have him as a guest that often. And he did anyways, apparently, mm-hmm. and like bucked his his people. What was the reason, though? I don't know. Apparently, there's something that happened with not Norm Macdonald and some early producer that made that guy hate him and just fucked him for I, the rest of his career. I will say, well, you know, like. Norm Macdonald was a part of the whole wave of, like, um, Sandler, Chris Farley, Chris Rock. Like, that whole generation of SNL that got fired at the same time, Mm -hmm. which is, I I believe that's the only time that happened. But I think that they all got, like, some got fired for the same reasons and some different. And I've heard an interview with Norm Macdonald where he talked about, like, yeah, I just only know how to do me. So, like, because, you know, his shtick is real specific to him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, other people can't do it, and he also can't do other shit. Yeah. And um, he, you know, recognizing that, was talking about how, like, uh, that kind of blinded him to until much later that, like, he was getting blackballed because people were kind of, like, being subtle or passive-aggressive and being like, hey, why don't you do this or not do that? And he was like, oh, I can't do that. Or, like, no, I just got to do what I do. And then, like, that kind of leading to him being considered obstinate or, like, you know, or purposefully addicted. Difficult to work with? Yeah. Well, and and, or shrill, and, perhaps, if he was a woman. And Monica Lewinsky had something to do with it because SNL wanted him to stop telling Monica Lewinsky jokes after mm. a certain time and that was one of the reasons he got fired from SNL that's interesting was like that he was no he was like this is my bread and butter and I'm telling these jokes well, but apparently I didn't know like I don't remember I didn't watch a lot of TV at that time mm-hmm. when that was happening I guess but mm-hmm. like I guess everybody was going fucking hard on Monica Lewinsky for like a good like eight months after like and people the no. whole country was like done like look the news is talking about this shit all day every day for, for the last year Let's get some new jokes. And then Jay Leno apparently was one of the ones that, like, his writers would not stop telling Monica Lewinsky yeah. jokes to the fact that the network had to come to him and be like, nobody thinks these are funny. We're getting yeah. letters now. Everyone's over it. Well, and not only that, like, when you look back at it in retrospect, and granted, we're, you know, post me to era, whatever, but, like, when you look back at that shit, 
and you're like, yo, the president of the United States was fucking a 23 year old on the low. And these jokes were, there were jokes about Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, but they were just bagging on this yeah. chick sucking a dick so hard that when you look back at it now, like, it, it not, well, there's documentaries about this. You yeah, know, yeah, like, no, there's a about whole. Like, Holy uh, fuck, the media dogpiled this chick. There's an episode, uh, not and episode, but victim. a whole. There's a whole. Yeah. Uh, not only is she the victim of that, like, uh, there's a whole uh, season of Slow Burn about that whole scandal. Yeah. And, like, the whole thing um, that they go into in that, not to talk about other people's podcasts, but they go into how, you know, the. The impeachment or the investigation that leads to the impeachment has nothing to do with that affair. It has to do with the Whitewater land deal and the Paula guy Jones. who killed himself over it. Well, no, Paula Jones comes later with the yeah. Monica Lewinsky yeah. thing. But they're looking well, into shady real estate deals that the Clintons have done and whether or not they've broken any laws in their shady real estate business shit, which is, you know, worth looking into. But... Ken Starr is so rabidly, you know, pro-Republican that he, that shit peters out and they don't, like, they can't find anything there. But because they've been, been investigating so much and Bill Clinton is a serial philanderer, you know what I mean? Like, he cheats a lot. And they, what they figure out is like, yo, he's fucking one of his interns right now. And so they get an extension on like what they're like the purview of what they're allowed to be investigating uh, purview which uh purview indeed i did say it petered out so <laughs> i said peter anyway um but uh yeah and it, somehow a judge allows that and it's like yo but how is that criminal because number one yeah, it's shitty and it's grimy, and unless you're trying to look into whether this chick is being pressured or whatever, but that's not what it is. They're trying to use her as a lever, like a mechanism, to pressure Bill Clinton and get him to lie on the stand. And when they go after her, they just have a bunch of FBI dudes grab her up from the mall and make her think she's going to go to prison. For sucking the president's dick, which is like some wild shit. But, you know, she's 23 and there's a bunch of FBI agents and federal prosecutors, motherfuckers, pressuring her. And then put her in a hotel room with no representation and just start making her think all kinds of fuck shit that isn't true. And like just and apparently one of the FBI agents in the moment is like, this is fucked up. And I don't know if he quit or just resigned the assignment, but he tried to tell them like yo you can't do this to her she's like like she's basically college age you know what i mean she's barely out of college like what the fuck are you doing like this is fucked up now was it and, the fbi at the time or was it like because you think that just because the fbi there were, doesn't you know, answer to the president but is you know can be controlled by someone the president my, can't control my understanding and granted know. facts are not I'm my not forte that TV i'm show. not hashtag facts hashtag Adam strange but uh i believe that there were FBI agents at the disposal of the special investigator yeah. who was Kenneth Starr. And just, like, when you just think about the enormous pressure, like, when we were talking about earlier, like, um, with the Haitian president assassination, DEA, like, just when you are made to believe that the resources 
of the United States are brought to bear against you. You know, because like when people catch a federal charge, like that case says, like the United States of America versus so and so. And like when you think about, and the we have a ninety nine percent conviction rate. rate. Yeah, it's bizarre. Like it's crazy. And um, I will say this, like. Not that I can relate in any, like, real meaningful material way. But, you know, everybody who listens to this show on regular basis knows both of y'all know. Like, Obama cut me in line for ribs one time. And I was like, nah! Anyway, uh, my point was this. Uh, go ahead. Say what you gotta say. I mean, if you take umbrage, do it oh, on record. everybody knows. Yeah, everybody knows. Everybody I don't let motherfuckers knows. not know. It's on my business card. Um... Like, but he, that extra five minutes in line costs the American taxpayers five hundred billion dollars. And I'm just all right. But this is what I'll say is that um, the weird experience I had been making jokes about, like, because a few minutes before it happened, we realized, like, oh, shit, this is really happening. And a bunch of us in line were making jokes about, like, oh, what happens if he tries to cut you in line? And I'm popping off like, nah, these ribs are too fucking important to me. He's not getting it. And there's this redneck dude behind me like, fuck, nah, yeah, you better tell him. And then, you know, he walks in. Of course, I like, not only did I let him cut the line. Get right behind me, sir. And I I took a selfie with him and was like, here, he was like, what's good here? I told him what, you know, what I recommended. a lot. I probably did. What's good here? Legalizing weed, asshole. (laughs) How about that? How many people in jail, motherfucker? The herb. (laughs) Um... No, but the weird feeling that I had that I didn't expect. Don't get me wrong, like you felt patriotic. No, no, not at all. Tears not, drop. Not, He's like, I'm going to go to the January sixth. Not, not one bit. But um, but what was weird? I mean, a lot of it was the predictable things. You'd be like, Yo, this is so crazy. Yeah. But the one thing that I like, kind of feeling that I didn't expect, was when him and Michelle and these Secret Service fools walked in. Um. What I did not expect was, like, there was a weird level of, like, I guess I would describe it as intimidation. Not that they were trying to intimidate. Right. And it had nothing to do with Obama himself or any of the other shit. Because it could have been W, who I, you know, I fucking despised. Or, you know, Trump, any of them. It's the commander in chief. You're basically, you hit it on the head. Because here's the thing. What intimidated me and, like, really made me feel some kind of way was not the dude. It was... Some part of me was like, yo, you are in the presence of the presidency of the United States. Like in the way that I imagine when people see that on a charge, like the United States versus fucking you. So you showed him your thong. And it wasn't even, no, I got him to take a selfie with me in a t-shirt that you made, by the way. I know. But, um. Everybody knows. And we know. But so... Like, and obviously, I wasn't being threatened in any way. No one was, other than being like, psh, you know, having the Secret Service. I'm sure a sniper had a like, train on you from Oh, somewhere. absolutely. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because there was snipers on the roof. And before he cut me in line, a Secret Service dude with the curly cue in his ear slapped me. Well, not slapped, but like put his hand across my chest and was like, move it back. The president's got to cut you in line. And I literally said to him, for ribs? But... I felt a level of intimidation where all of it was good vibes and chill shit that what did way before listening to this podcast or anything and not on some conscious shit or some woke shit, whatever, but 
in the subsequent days like in digesting that feeling for some reason it made me fucking think about Lewinsky and I was like probably I don't know 38 or something when this thing you know when the president cussed me for ribs and I felt that intimidated and when I thought about like who I was at 23 and like regardless of whether she was like all about it and sexually attracted to the dude and like when you think about power dynamics and you like if i had this feeling mother's cutting me for ribs and then and i'm 38 and then a 23 year old girl which and make no mistake yeah she's a woman but at 23 you're still a yeah. quasi child you know what i mean fucking any i mean what you depends who you are, but if, I, if you know, I mean, I get your point. If you're younger than that's... me, you're children. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I now look at the world. Everyone but, I work with, I mean, he's fucking children. But Fuck. to think about in their forties, being in the president, it, like in in the presence of the office of the presidency of the United States as a 23 year old, that's some crazy powerful shit to be in the face of. And then having the office be like, but yo, suck my dick though. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, that's some wild power it. dynamic shit, like, man. Why they got interns? How he said it. Why they got interns there? You know, like I would think that like there are some places where you want to get like trained staff to work, and that's one of the places I would think of. You know, like the White House. Like maybe the guy like making pastries could be learning, but no. If you're working at the White House, like go intern near the White House and then learn what you do, and then get a job at the White House. Like no twenty-year-old girl needs to go to the White House. Because like, right, you know cheap. what happened to the, all the interns in Congress? Most of them got fucked. Like, that's what happens when you put young Wait, people... You mean literally? Or? Yes. Yes, yeah, with okay. penises. If you put fucking a bunch <laughs> of young with people penises. with no power around a bunch of old people with power, the old people pretty much pull out their penises. I mean, that's just how the world yeah, fucking absolutely. is right and now. Because old people are horrible. That. And we need to, like, um, get this shit changing. Quick question for you, Silvery, in specific. Um, how do you feel, like... If you had to imagine how he was going to say it, how do you think? I don't know. I was just kidding. Bill Bill Clinton was Arkansas. He was very charismatic, though. I that's what I mean. Like I feel like he would have found a way. It wouldn't have been like suck my dick. He wasn't. He wasn't going to. You know what I mean? Like like, he was definitely. How you doing? You were the baloney pony. I saw that on following you were flashing me yesterday. Okay, I. I honestly completely yo I've seen the episode of Arsenio when he played the sax I think I actually saw it live I used to watch a lot of Arsenio as a kid Um, and I've seen him be like smooth and savvy but um, not to say that like you know it's, it's not like any of these cases went to court so you don't know what's facts or not facts but there is enough accusations against him whether you're talking about harassment actual sexual assault or just fucking around and philandering you know with willful participants and shit but like there is definitely a lot of uh at least anecdotal evidence from these women that like his game was not strong that like he would do garish shit like just pull down his pull his dick out out the blue you know what i mean arkansas Um, okay like i've been to arkansas mm -hmm. and i would think that Okay, you know, like in Roadhouse, like the guy, the bad guy in Roadhouse. <laughs> is that in Arkansas? I would think that every town in our Arkansas has one guy who's like, I own the auto parts store, so I'm the big man in town. Here's my dick. I own a you dealership. Know, suck it. I just think that being a rich guy in Arkansas means that you can 
you probably are already more privileged than a rich guy in New York. I think that you just mean a rich white man in America. I think, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, but I think that it, Trump is from where there, there I mean, are, these men I'd are say, like it doesn't matter. Yeah, this, but this cross humans, is all... humans in general. Let's say they're black humans. If one of them has more power than the other ones, they might use it against the ones without. The same thing might happen in Mexico in a small town where a guy who is the richest guy in town is no, like, No, power hey, and penis is definitely... I'm sure the guys in the cartels in Mexico are like, hey, do what I say. Anywhere there's a person with a lot of money. And in, white, in America, yes, because yes, most people are white. Yes, that's all. You said Arkansas, so I was just comparing no, it I'm to just the saying, rest of the United Arkansas States. Arkansas is saying, very I think black. this has crossed... Most people don't know how that Arkansas is a really black state. Right, but my point would be, you know... That in the particular situation yeah. to which we are referring, this young lady or anyone else, the idea of that sense of entitlement mm-hmm. comes from white rich men. And whether or not there are people with power that are people of color in America, we know what happens to them if they try to do some shit to white women, unfortunately, historically has been like OJ. fucking horrifying. No, I'm just saying there's always a rule, a rule that bruises, whatever it is. Example, exemption, whatever it is. I just mean that anywhere that there's power, that's going to be a thing. Like, if there's a, a person who always gets what they want, they are always going to expect to get what they want. Right, white men in America. Yeah, most. I don't I do not do that. I'm a white man in America. No, I know that you so don't. So, therefore, I'm, not I'm going to defend. I'm white men. I'm saying the entitlement comes from no, that. No, I know. Not like, a I'm small just saying town in Arkansas, this crazy thing happens where this one guy has this thing, and then look how it unfolds. Like, I bet every town uh, in no, Arkansas no, totally. has that. I was just saying I'm every saying, town in America has it. Every neighborhood in America has it. Every street yeah. in America has it. It's you know. I think there's I don't, a common. But Monica Lewinsky sucking his dick wasn't really about race, is all I'm saying. It's more about power. And, well, I think and it's a sliding scale. But as we know, the old the old but people adage, thought Clinton was the first black president. Pa- power and penis black corrupt him absolutely. You know what I mean? I think we all know that. Uh, but I I think that there is a number of ingredients. I don't think you're incorrect in saying that like. Yeah, white men are the top of the food chain of like sexual assault, harassment, and it, and it entitlement. goes entitlement, all of it. Like, uh, but it's like getting away with it. Bill Cosby got out of <laughs> yeah, jail, right? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Getting away with it is actually the, like a key factor in what we're yeah. talking about here because not being wh- hung. What we're talking about: power, penis. Bill Cosby. Wait, hungness has to do with it. <laughs> well, if you got a tiny dick, then what? You're well, no. Then you probably, you're probably more likely to do it. Well, no, what you're you're probably more likely to do is be real power hungry and mercilessly climb the food chain because you're going to need a reason to leverage people into touching your dick. Is that fair? Would you say? Silvery. I believe it's called Weinsteining. (laughs) I think we covered that on the last episode. But no, I, I think that, look, power, penises... Uh, that's going there. Uh, but, uh, not, not every time, but then when you add, uh, race and culture into it, then it's a sliding scale for sure. Because, uh, older white men in power are the, uh, indubitably the highest offending group, but it's not unique to them. Like people like dudes in power do that shit, but it is. Absolutely, that's why I agree with you that like the uh, getting away with it part. Now, did you know that plays a huge role? That new show about Monica Lewinsky, though nobody wants to watch it. Apparently, like the ratings are horrible. 
the first like their what is it, American Crime Story. I think people are pretty over that. That's a th- I personally like when I saw they were doing that. I was I like, mean, I have no desire to like I don't... to click over to that and then sit and watch it with commercials. Like I'm not. I don't give a fuck about like the backstory of that impeachment I, anymore. But see, I don't. I don't think that's what it is. I think what it is is that they're now telling the story. Probably I haven't watched it at all. No. <laughs> I watched the OJ like one everyone from beginning. I didn't to watch end. the OJ one either. I was like, no, it was I, was there. Well I saw it. But um, I was there. I bombed it. But um, no, I think that the point of why no one's watching it is largely what we're talking about right now. Because if I had to guess, they're probably, because it's on what, American Crime Story or whatever, yeah, which FX. is the same dude that makes American Horror Story. Um, but they're probably telling it from Monica's perspective. And when you do that, apparently it's all, all of America who watched Jay Leno and all the rest of these motherfuckers make Monica the butt of the fucking joke that they were laughing at. Jokes, the thousands, the months and months and years sometimes of jokes that they were all like, yeah, that fucking whore. Like when you watch it from her perspective, you're going to have to any person with half a bit of self-awareness is going to have to like deal with the fact that like oh yeah i was laughing at all those jokes and i was making those jokes at work around the water cooler and yada, 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 yada. you know what i mean like i think that's probably a large i part think it's of just part of the cultural reckoning that we're all in and like it can take the face of monica or it can take the face of whatever but i, I think everyone's dealing with the jokes that they laughed at and the things you know what i mean right. and, and like with her it just feels like yeah well like eddie murphy's but, gay jokes Oh god! Everybody growing yeah, up like with in, delirious in raw, and raw, delirious, and the whole absolutely. of Eddie Murphy's work that I laughed my ass off all through my, you know, five years old to twenty. Absolutely, but but do you not think that that's part of why, like, because everything that dude does with American Crime Story, American Horror Story, like all of it, is very highly rated. So, if the ratings are low on this one, do you not think that? that's maybe why because people are reckoning with the fact that they were more or less willing participants in I shit. just don't think people are that interested a lot anymore of, say, I mean a I, lot of people weren't around then you know like a large right a of lot the TV of watching, people that watch shit especially yeah, the 18 not. to 34 that they're actually they care about they, don't, they weren't around they don't give a fuck you, know? you think it's just a genuine but like people our age all were you know yeah. what I mean we were what when that happened we were in high school Right, and so you don't you don't think that I mean I was around and and I wouldn't feel guilty because I don't think there was a day that I like laughed at the jokes about it. I don't think it was something Correct. that at the person I was or the place I was at in life that that was amusing to me at all. It just sort of seemed, you know, just like surreal and bizarre. And I still don't want to watch it. Like it's not a reckoning or an uncomfortable feeling for me. I'm just like, eh, you know. I hope you've been we able to come out. We can't all figure. be Woko Ono. That's not anything you were born. to do with anything. You came out the womb. I'm not interested Woko in Ono. Exactly. You know, like I just it's don't. It's not woke. I thought I don't like, care. Yeah. Like, like I know it happened. Sure. That was super fucked up. I hope you know things are going really now, well for this person. And I now did. I'm just like I don't want to. Do you? I watched it anymore. I watched the Clarence Thomas one, the one that was about Anita Hill. Yeah. I watched that entire docu series because I wanted to know more about what that was because I remember that happening, but I didn't remember much about it. I was younger. I was like 12 when that happened. I think you know, I think that happened in eighty. I just remember comedians making jokes about a pubic hair in a, in a coke on can. On a cocaine, yeah. And that was all I knew about it. Pubic hair, cocaine. And personally, fuck, fuck Clarence Thomas. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not down with Clarence Thomas. But um, but let me ask you what you guys think the over under on. I think Monica Lewinsky's doing okay now. I know that her shit went real bad for a long time. 
But um, do you think that she makes any kind of thriving resurgence, whether that's on the public scene or... She is at the moment for whatever... You know, I mean, she's out there getting interviewed now because this show's on. Right. So she, about she's that doing it Mostly about the show. anything about, like... About how the show hired... she is as a person. The, high, the show hired a, psycho- <laughs> a psychiatrist to hang out with her the whole time. She was, like, having to live through it again. And that apparently was helpful for her. And because that, of this new show, the thong scene, they apparently were, had take. They didn't want to do that on the show, and she was like, "No, you put that back in." Like, I wasn't just this innocent person. Like, I was trying to get with him, and that's part of the story. I showed him my ass when I shouldn't have, you know. So they they put that back. I in. I mean, she kind of cool. yeah, no, and she kind of really like. Uh, I, she's I she's like, owned she it since the, 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 the concept. Right, the concept of whale tail <clears throat> is uh, forever. You know, linked to Monica Lewinsky, regardless, because of that. You know, and she's, the term and she's, whale tail, she also right? makes lots of jokes. She's like definitely on Twitter every now and then, just throwing fucking hilarious jokes out there, right? Like owning shit. this shit because at a certain point, whatever I don't, and I have no idea what her level of experience of it was, like how traumatic it was or whatever. Um, but whenever I've heard her interviewed she has owned the fact that like no i was with it you know yeah um, oh yeah i never had the sense that she didn't feel that like, way and yeah, i think that, that we that all understand that like these are all very complicated things that could come up throughout the rest of her life and feel lots of different ways about it you know it could be something that was really empowering something that was really embarrassing she could feel like she was the initiator and then later feel like kind of in this other way i was the victim i mean i think you know what i mean like well, and, complicated and sex and power just can lead all of that for she, she thought she had a friend as well who was actually a fucking snitch going around. Right. You know, when she's, you're telling you somebody these personal things about your sex life, and they're like, well, let me go call. You know, that was really Linda Tripp. Yeah, right? that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like the idea and, of that's. And also, can we just. More betrayal. Can know? we just talk about there? There's many villains and few heroes, but Linda Tripp is just a hot piece of shit. Like the fact that she tried to pretend that she was doing this to protect. Monica Lewinsky is all just horse shit because it's like you're recording all these conversations and then like she was the one who went to like the FBI and the investigators about the shit and it's like yo if this was protecting her like that's what gets Monica Lewinsky scapegoated and I think that it's it's not an either or and yo how topical is this episode of worst case that we're spending 30 minutes which on is Monica exactly Lewinsky. what a, I'm saying it's it's like nobody <laughs> just like no one wants to watch, watch this the shit show, no yeah, one gives yeah. a fuck anymore I no. mean and it's not because it's not what it's something historical that happened like it's just not that fucking interesting like whatever she goes through in her life around it that is like hers I got so much complicated shit in my own head I'm like what am I worried about your fucking processing all this you know what i mean like it That's happened fair. we know that it happened and i'm just like why would i want to go dive deeper into your fucking I'm way more, of processing more, the sexual shit that's happened to you like i got my i don't know, know. It's i'm not more that. interested in that chick that was married to the trump son who was banging the secret service guys Oh yeah, yeah, Don Ooh, Jr.'s Laura. wife, and then uh, honestly, I think I just, like, she psychiatrist was psychiatrist like, and shit makes so much money. Like the person that's sitting with her and talking with her about this shit is getting paid. Like oh, I'm yeah. not that worried about what's inside your head unless you're paying me. I would I mean, love I don't care. to be a, a psychiatrist for a TV show. That just sounds like a great job. Like, what do you do? Like, I just make sure somebody doesn't go nuts till they finish production. I yeah. just have to keep a straight face while I'm like, I cash checks. Okay, you suck the president's dick. <laughs> okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. But you know, like her owning it on Twitter is a lot like when we've talked about like 
when Pee Wee Herman, after his scandal, came out on uh, was I think it was the MTV Music Awards, and he he just came out, and people were like, "What the fuck?" And he goes, gets on the mic and goes, "So, heard any good jokes lately?" I just thought that was like I didn't, you know, the term owning it like wasn't out. That shit was like early '90s, but when I saw that it taught me a lesson of like oh that's how you handle this shit like you don't run from it you lean into that fred shit willard like, same thing happened you know like fred willard basically like fred willard. a decade and a half later when Best in peace, fred willard yeah, way after like anybody even knew that there were still still fucking porn theaters you'd mm-hmm. think that like the internet would have just fred willard got called yeah, would have just ended that shit and he was just like yeah he got called doing it. he was like yeah that's what i do it's my thing yeah, like, I like to jerk it and do movies. So I just they like made to, the place for a reason. Because to me, the You're idea not the of only like, guy in here of like I would think that the, the moment there was a way to have the same pornography in a private setting, you people would have been like, "Thank God, I never have to go into that room full of jizz covered theater seats and jerk it in public again." Right, but I don't think I think but I that, think you get used to it. You're like, no, I don't think some people that. like that. that no, that too. Yeah, I'm sure. Yes, yeah, I mean it's a part of it that makes it. That's you part know, of the fetish, I, I, just, I think. I like now, know. granted, that's they pr- love their community. <laughs> no, it may. I, so I guess if you're not smelly. famous, sure. Just the idea that Fred no, Willard could I, didn't have to do it, you know? Right, but that's what kind of he still got to keep working. To it me, never though, for to me though, that's the evidence that it is like a kink or a fetish or whatever is like the thing for them. It. Part of it is the kind of damn. There's nowhere else I can find something sexy to watch in private. No, it's a part of it. No, the public aspect. Sure, it's a part of it. It's the same as when um, the you know the 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 real actual charge charges you know against Bill Cosby started coming up and people were like debating when it you know it had, it had been an open secret for decades you know but when it was coming up people were like debating whether it was real and people were like well why would he do that he's so rich and so famous he could get sex whenever wherever he wanted but it's like yeah but that's not his fetish that's not his kink the thing is the power and control and so people who are going to porn theaters to these Day. It's not even porn theaters. It's an age-old cliche about movie theaters and the kids in the way back making out and getting a hand job or a blowjob in the movie theater. You know what I mean? Like That's all kinds of people are doing that it. shit. It's and been like, like like porn in the like say the 30s and 40s was not accessible. You know, like you, not everybody could. You just had go, to go to a stag party with a nickel Odeon and porn. Pump. Like <laughs> you know, like the idea that some people had never seen anything like that when they mm. first walked into a New York movie theater. Like somebody from Kansas who moved to New York for work and he was like, I'm going to walk in. Holy fuck, it's people fucking on the big screen. I've Only people I've seen fucking are me. In, in the 30s, that's not how you it was know, done. It in was the done dark like in, in missionary. One of those things where you had to rotate the still images. Like a, like no, a, no, I'm talking about a crankshaft. Know, not until like, <laughs> you know, like when the, when the economy first dipped, like mid-60s and 70s, that really porn took off in public. You know, it wasn't until the country was so poor that they were like, fuck it. If you can make money, make money. Sure. And liberals started getting local offices and were like, do what you got to do. You know, so like there were, because it was a very hidden thing for 1900 on, you know, like for a long ass time. Illegal, like horribly illegal, like mailing a nude picture across state lines. Absolutely. With jail I, time. And having it was a that, I like, you know, the women's lib movement and, you know, this sense of like, this is something that is empowering for some women and we're taking this other thing off of it that it you know and they were starting to embrace that and you know i mean i think it went with the whole cultural movement but i also think that there is something just about like 
voyeurism and you know things in public and movie theaters specifically yeah. and the dark and the sort of um you know like it's not really a shroud of mystery and you can kind of feel the energy and the you know and if yeah. everybody's there with the same purpose then i just don't think it's solely for a lack of ability or it was solely for lack mm -hmm. of ability in the past i think that it's definitely a part of it yeah I mean, I don't know why you go so often. I that's you know I don't for you know, to say. I don't even know where you would, you know, like I know that Asheville, the Fine Arts Theater, apparently was a porn theater at some point in like the early seventies, like um, early seventies or mid seventies. Like downtown was horrible, and that the the Fine Arts Theater did show dirty movies. Yeah, for anybody, that but there's no photographs it. of that or like any of the marquee with dirty. Oh, movies that's kept off. Anybody on knows. But like for anyone that doesn't live in Asheville. The Fine Arts Theater is exactly what it sounds like. It's like the <clears throat> the art house movie theater, but it's like right, right in the it's in the heart of tourist Asheville. You know what I mean? Like it's the downtown tourist heart. Streaming has destroyed fine arts theaters across the country, and those that haven't became restaurants or breweries right now are just pretty much going out of business with the pandemic. Just wiped off most of them. Most fine arts theaters specifically, yeah. you mean? The smaller yeah, ones that play the indie on. films, but yeah. the, but streaming has it, already started killing them years right, before. But is yeah, it absolutely. That already, I think, was happening. you can get that French movie now. You know, right, because, but you're saying that no one is fetishizing watching a Vincent Gallo film in public? Um, I, well, one the, I would be. One the hoods are... Yeah, that that was terrible. I don't do his accent that good. Well, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying. I know that Werner I. Werner Herzog is done mostly in the horror and the terror of the places where you will never go, but that you pray to a god who will never hear your prayers. He's just that guy in the Mandalorian to me, <laughs> and he was also in a Rick and Morty. So you know, he's that guy now. I went. Um, I was talking about this the other day, but I, it bears repeating. <laughs> um, I, I was in a sex ed class in college. Like, uh, I had uh, some years before I went back to, like, an undergraduate experience. So I was older. But um, I took this sexual education, the psychology of sex, I think was the name of the class. And that was back in the day when you still went to video stores and you had to rent VHS tapes. Mm -hmm. And so my teacher gave us an assignment where we had to go rent um, pornography made by an all-male production company and pornography made by an all-female production company. So you had to literally go out, and, and then you had to go into the store. Oh, and wait, part is, of the what, assignment... Like late 90s? Early aughts? Yeah. Was like, how it could was, you even find that out? 90s. Like I, you know, Nowadays, we have IMDb. You can find out every single person on a movie. And those, you're looking she at the box, hoping for the best. She did provide us with a list okay, yeah. of, like, here's a bunch of names so that if you saw it. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, at that point, while it's, like, a little bit different now, at that point, like, it was clear also, like, in the, yeah. you know, like, yeah. femme productions totally. and shit. I mean, they all had a name yep. that just kind of told you. Also, but she did give us lists. I feel like you all you need to do is just look at the front of any porn VHS and you'll fucking know. Well, part of the if assignment was a, the, the sense of discomfort at that age and time, right? Mm -hmm. To walk into the store, have to go to the little back, you know, yeah. room to pull them out, to bring them up to the desk, to have to, you know, like mm -hmm. give them to the person. Then also to have to realize like how obscure it was to find an all female production mm -hmm. company porn made, you know, made back then. I mean, it wasn't mm -hmm. like Erica Lust and X Confessions and all the ones now we have like a lot of them and go on. It's so it's really <laughs> fascinating. I mean, so it was so cool. So then I had to like take it home 
after having to hunt it out, maybe ask for help, all the awkwardness, go home and then watch them and then obviously write a Where paper. Where is this, Tulane? No, this was at like a community college way oh, after Tulane, Syracuse. like after I had already like not made my okay. most successful academic. If I may just parenthetically say also, I feel like this teacher would go to prison now for no, being like, yo, send. It was adults. We yeah. were all adults. It's a college. Absolutely. What, what are you going uh, but, to prison for? That's be like, yo, perfectly fine. It's a psychology go, go of sex a, class. If I mean, they were getting kickbacks from the video store. I'm just saying yeah, that, like, no, it was so it, reasonable the, and it was so fucking awesome for me. I mean, at, at that time in my life and that world I was living in to watch those two and be like, huh. I mean, I hadn't really. Did you have it. to do like a book report on the videos? Or yes, was you had to write about... the differences. How do you what can you tell is the difference between watching pornography made by an all male production company and watching pornography made by all women? What was the what was the grade scaled on? Like. How much did you having to go to a dicey porn store play in it, or was it that just wasn't like about that the, you the did... grade? That was just about like an interesting and lively conversation in the class of like, what did that feel like mm-hmm. for you? And you know, you're getting into like those higher levels of education, but you're still young, and you get to kind of have those conversations that you know. In, in a lot of types of high schools you're not going to have, right? It feels right. like this horrible factory, whatever. And, like, the idea, hopefully, for many people is that if you, by choice, went to some other thing and you paid money and you went to these classes that you chose and mm-hmm. were sitting around with other people, you get to have these conversations. And it was just, you no, know, much like today's podcast. Oh, my God. It's just a chance to sit around and talk about interesting shit Wait. with people that want to talk about it with you. So your your college professor was one of our antecedents, so one of our predecessors? You know, they would just be like, what did that feel like? And you could kind of talk about, like, I don't know. It was really awkward. Like, I felt really freaked out. I'll be honest. I was, no. you know, I was a wild child, but not in that way. Like, that wasn't no, my... And I say this with zero irony, uh, just that those... and. Not because it's related with porn, but like just those things in those moments in college, those are the mind blowing things that are a super helpful and formative in like, oh, shit is not how I thought it was. And like, it's really helpful for a young person to do that. Totally. You know, it could be about porn. It could be about anthropology. It could be just about like, like, oh, shit ain't how you thought it was. And that's a really, really important part. And it's also, in my experience, um, why people who are in college, whether community college or university, whatever, are the most in- intolerable people to converse with ever because they're trying to like have those conversations with you. you know what i mean like like it's the kind of shit that blows your mind so much that you're like yo dude did you know this next time you're at the bar and you're like oh yeah dude i'm 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 46 i i've i actually learned that on my first i've acid been trip, knowing but, like, but i've I'm, been I'm knowing i'm super glad that you know and that's why you should go have this conversation a lot at the double crown <laughs> Um, but no, that's, that's an incredibly, uh, revelatory class. I would imagine that the class as a whole, probably. I didn't have to go to a theater and watch porn in it though. Yeah. So you never met Fred Willard. Nor Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Hmm. That's unfortunate. Paul Rubens. Because. He, he uses the real name when he's jerking in a theater. 
No, no, because he definitely you do you do remember that a big part of that story though was (laughs) right. You remember his fucking um. Maybe that's part of it though. No, what would have been just I like picturing it like that way better. Absolutely, because I like to think that uh, they they didn't yeah they didn't know that it was him until like when he nutted he was like. Yeah. And then there's like, oh shit, get him, it's Pee Wee. And he's like, uh huh, knitting, uh huh, knitting. I thought this was the basement of the Alamo. That would, I mean, that would be a draw, right? If you thought you knew that that person could be at that theater, that would be like, yeah. Yo, but here's I'm not all, much of a voyeur, but like in that moment, I'm like, I'd go. If, if, if I was, if I had a porn theater, I would call the local press like every month, especially in New York, and be like, hey, man. Pee Wee Herman's in here. And then they all run down and be like, well, you got to buy tickets to get in and get a picture You're of him. You're a snitch. Then they get in and be like, oh, he left. No, I would be lying. No, I would, you know who? You'd you, be you, lying. Just make it up. Hey, Brad Pitt's in here jerking it. You better get down and buy tickets to my, my movie no real quick. That. You know, I don't I think they're going to keep coming. I will say this, oh, though. Oh, that's all they do there. High no. five. No, they uh, would only, you'd no. only get them twice. No, but... Uh, Boy, the cries wolf rules. You only get them twice. <laughs> but, you know, but here's the funny thing to me about... Um, how the Pee Wee Herman, like, obviously, we all understand why it was so scandalous. Like, he was doing, you know, children's shows, children's shows, right? But if we I think it would have been scandalous anyway, no, but it is worse with kids' shows, but still, right? But here, but here's my thing but of, if you knew his history, right? No, no, okay, so Drinking that's that's public what, is just right, but that's what I'm trying to get to though. Hold on, is that if you remember. The character, not Paul Rubens, but the character he plays of Pee Wee Herman does not first appear in any fucking children's show. It's in a fucking Cheech and Chong movie. But not as that character exactly. I was about to say, like, when I first discovered Pee Wee Herman, like, my mom was like, I I know that actor. Have you seen Cheech and Chong movies? And I was like, no. She was like, here, let's let's go get some. He's like sniffing coke and fucking doing wild shit. Yeah, but he's like, he's a waiter in one movie. He's an asylum guy. He's like in the asylum in one movie. He's he's basically in all the Cheech and Chong movies. He was part of the L.A. comedy scene back then, but But not as Pee Wee Herman. But he's doing it as Paul Rubens. Okay, I thought he was doing it as Pee Wee. Michael Hutchison? No, not Michael. The guy that did the sounds. Oh, Michael Winslow. Winslow. Like, they were all, with with Cheech and Chong, they were all part of the L.A. comedy scene. But they, at the time, the comedy scene wasn't just do jokes. Most of it was, you're coming up as a character, and you're doing some weird shit, and you do two or three different ones. Like, Cheech and Chong's was a really weird stand-up that they did. Like, the two of them, like, acting out these little skits they wrote. But he was big then, and most of it was doing drugs and sex jokes and dick jokes, and that's Mm -hmm. what it was. The Pee Wee Herman show is awesome. Like, looking at the history of that is, like, all these different artists from L.A. had kind Larry of just, Fishburne was they had a all cowboy moved to New York and were just happened to be oh, I remember the that. art scene in New York and they all basically got together rented, I don't know who played rented John an apartment B, but... or they took a guy's apartment and just built their own set in an apartment and just filmed a season of a show we're like we're gonna make a fucking show and just did it themselves they had like tunnels they had built through it like into the wall so they could you know make the characters pop out of the walls and shit mm-hmm. like a fake floor they could get under to puppet shit like everything about it YouTube people and it was like seven really great artists that were making all the backgrounds and the puppets and shit and they've all half of them have moved on to be like big in the art world right but not only that it okay. was a cool scene so you know like the, the corporation the lineage of the Pee Wee Herman show is uh long all porn jokes aside but this is kind of some cool shit because when you think about you know how like Bob Saget was like this legendary pervert gross out comic who then gets the job as uh, for both America's Funniest Home Videos and Full House and uh, people and now Fuller House oh Um, but he uh, but you know if if you were another comedian 
at that time or a comedy fan pre-internet you're like dude this guy's the pervy gross out guy how does he get the the two biggest disney jobs and like all that america knows do they is, know who is, walt disney was is him as that you know what i mean but um but you know <laughs> it's so a long it's, tradition so it's kind of you know peewee's playhouse is almost similar in that way that like he comes up through you know like with Cheech and Chong and all these guys that's like crazy drug humor and then that's kind of the tongue in cheek of Pee Wee's Playhouse is that it's it's like oh this is one of the drug guys doing a kids show and tons of what he's doing there is kind of it's kind of spun out it's kind of trippy kind of potheadish but then also in addition like you like said, the big adventure Oh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure is literally in my top five movies of all time. Uh, I love that movie so much. But in addition to everything, like, don't even get me started on that movie. But what I'll say is, like, um, as we said, uh, Larry Fishburne, or excuse me, who now known as Lawrence, but at the time still went by Larry Fishburne, was the cowboy dude in Pee-wee's Playhouse. So I don't know if y'all know this, but... uh, the security guard for the lot that Pee Wee's Playhouse was filmed on was John Singleton. And John Singleton was writing screenplays at the time, one of which was Boys in the Hood. And he kept trying to give that fucking screenplay to people and nobody was feeling it at all. And he gave it to Larry Fishburne, who was nothing more than the fucking cowboy. Now, granted, at this time, he was the cowboy in Pee-wee's Playhouse. But, like, when Larry Fishburne was 17, he was in fucking Apocalypse Now. You know what I mean? Um, And then what the fact, like, part of how Boys in the Hood comes to be and John Singleton becomes one of the most important uh black directors giving rise you know what i mean like spike lee is already doing his thing but like there aren't many other black directors getting any fucking play at the time yeah and so the connection and as we know fucking larry fishburne is one of the main characters he plays furious styles in boys in the hood you know yep and that comes about through them connecting with one another on Pee-wee's Playhouse. That's fucking dope, dude. Like, That's LA life. Have you seen the new Wonder Years yet? Oh, I saw it. It's basically a black Black Wonder Years. Well, it's basically, it's the Chris Rock show that that they just had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody hates Chris. Here's a young black kid and there's going to be narration from the adult and his family's going to be doing some 70s black stuff. Right, but Don, she, I don't, I think it's 80s. Yeah, it's basically the same. It, but it looks. I mean, the, the same previews, concept. But yeah. no, that's dope because and no, it's it, great. First of all, the the narrator. You know, uh, Daniel Stern was the narrator of original Wonder Years, mm-hmm. and Don Cheadle is going to be the narrator of, of Black I Wonder love Years. Him. I really do. Just fucking yeah, adore that guy. I love him. Um, and if you haven't watched Black Wall Street, you need to get on that shit because uh, he's amazing. Black Monday. Black Everybody, Monday. Or Black Monday. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It was weird. One season, I want to say a second or third, one of the seasons just was really short. It was like mm-hmm. four episodes, and they stopped having new ones. And it might have been because of the pandemic. I don't know. But then I just never felt. It, it stopped happening, and I just never caught back up. I uh, do well, that all the time. I do that so much that I forget what shows I've done that with. Like, I, I have to look back and be like, was there ever an end? I have a theory about that. But before I get to it, or maybe I never will. Um, my point being, though, like what you were saying about the Chris Rock thing is that 
Everybody Hates Chris is an amazing fucking show. And the way that, like, it took a, a while, I feel like, to catch on in the mainstream and like largely may have not even caught on until it was in like uh what they call it incidication yeah um but the way i always heard it referred to is like no dude it's the black wonder years Mm -hmm. and so the other day when i saw the first commercial for oh the wonder years reboot and they weren't saying it's the black wonder years was very clearly the black wonder years i was like oh somebody was sitting there like me and was like oh everybody hates chris black wonder years dude I got an elevator pitch for you. What is it? Black Wonder Years. <laughs> okay. You remember the Brady Bunch, right? That they're all Puerto Rican. <laughs> dude. They're like, what do you mean? A Puerto Rican household with eight kids? That w- Dude, Puerto Rican Brady Bunch would be so fucking good. Actually, the best way to do it now would be the mixed race idea of a Brady Bunch household. Of like a black and a white people get married and now they got six kids and they're all mixed up. Then what do you think Puerto Rican is? Just Puerto Rican identity is fucking Afro-Caribbean. It's so many different things. You know what I mean? It's legitimately. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that in any Wait, way. Like, this isn't to switch topics too much, but I do want to talk about employment. Because I learned about... That's not a hard shift at all. Well, I learned about nice ghost coasting. segue. <laughs> well, if you've got the Brady Bunch kids, you can't... Eat, all your kids ain't going to work. You ain't going to find jobs I mean? for all six of them motherfuckers. They need to get some fucking no. jobs, I'll tell you these kids today. But there's here's the thing. Just now. Puerto Ricans, because that's not cool. All the Republicans were like, the reason people aren't going back to work is because of all of this unemployment money we're giving them. Yep. Which none of us, out of everyone listening to this, you might know two people that got that unemployment. I don't know a lot of people that were getting the 300. I, I know of one person who was getting the extra employment, and they haven't been getting it for a long time. And it, it ended, 300. and it went for the time that they literally were not working yeah. because well, of the pandemic they, or whatever it kept ending it, and it didn't really actually all the way end until like about a month ago. Well, not, not that long ago, but it, and that was only in the places that still were doing it. So it, it, North Carolina stopped it finally, I guess, and we weren't even doing it full blast because North Carolina has pretty shitty unemployment. But they stopped it here, and nobody went back to work. They were like, and the point of it is the, the amount of people receiving it compared to the amount of workers needed in every area was, was tiny. Like there, there weren't that many people that were getting the $300 extra. There were mostly people just couldn't find childcare and they wouldn't acknowledge that. They kept saying, oh, it's just the unemployment payments. So they stopped them and nobody's fucking going back to work. Just now, Amazon saw it coming and was like, oh, let's hire everybody we can right now. So Amazon is hiring thousands of motherfuckers across the country here and here. There's like, I want to say, 20, 50, there's, there's like, there's thousands of jobs here. They're offering 18 an hour plus college. That if you stay for more than four or five years, they will pay for you to go to college now. They fucking have the GI Bill for fucking Amazon now. And their whole point is they, you can't keep working in the warehouse. After four or five years, you need to get the fuck out. And that's why they make it a shitty, they make it harder than it's supposed to be so that you'll get sick of it and leave, which is fucking weird because, you know, out of a thousand people in the warehouse, ain't but three of them are going to move up. The rest of them need to get a get a degree and move out. You mean you couldn't just keep working there? You could, but Amazon says that basically the longer you work there, you're going to become, this is their report, that right. you would become disgruntled. And the longer you work there, the more you'll figure out ways not to do your job. Because oh, well, that's we all do that. Do. It doesn't that's matter. Do. Yeah, that's, it does not matter what your job is. That's my best skill at my job is figuring, and that's called management. That's when you figure out how they can get the thing still get done, and you didn't do it. Work that's smarter, not harder, man. Yes. But Amazon realized that. I'm down with it. So their their whole thing is they they want you for four years. That's their big thing. But 
they just put out, like right now, no restaurants can hire anybody. Nobody, they can't find anybody to work in the fucking restaurants. And Amazon just came out and we're like, we'll pay you twice what they were paying. So that on top of the fact that they couldn't find anybody to begin with. So all these restaurants across the country are going out of business because they cannot find employees. I saw a restaurant recently here in our area that was offering like some pretty significant benefits, insurance, paid time off. Drive down Lester is a big old sign. Like something that really looked like, wow, that's a sustainable thing that someone deserves to have and they could come work at this restaurant. Domino's now hiring drivers, $500 signing sign on bonus. That's the sign I, I saw driving up Lester about a week ago and was like, what? Like, they can't give it to you all at once, right? Because I would just be riding these fucking signing bonuses job to job. They no, must, they do, but you sign a thing that it's you like gotta stay for, for six months X amount. Yeah, and then if you don't, you have to pay it back. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I've known multiple people that have done things like that. But, Even nurses get sign-on bonuses at hospitals, and they show up, and they're like, fuck this, and they got to pay the money back. But some of them are like, I wouldn't work here because of what's happening to the medical I, model for okay. jobs there. I yep. mean, they can't get people either. It's that's not why, just restaurants. And it's fucking everywhere. All that. I don't understand how my job is starting the vaccine mandate as of next week. I don't see how any place is going to be like, or what? You're going to fire them? What are you going to do with? How the fuck are you going to refill that position? I'm There's sure no that mine way you will can do, do that. that eventually. Mine's doing it where you have to, you can not be vaccinated, but you have to like test weekly. Test, not even weekly. No, I'm talking like two or three times a week. Oh, I got to test weekly, and I have to go find two. my own tests. Ah, uh, see, we're and providing I work them. for a government agency that is called Public. Yeah, health. that's the wild shit. Like Moog is providing the tests in the yeah. county public. Yeah, but health we also not. are a for-profit company that wants to keep making money. So, like, they're looking at what could get in the way of us making they're money. They're the public health department. and are supposed to be they're taking care of health people's department. health. <laughs> are you, are, are you, did you guys just learn what the government is? They don't make money. They don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. They're taking care of poor people's health. They don't give a fuck. The, the, the rich guys in control of that sitting in fucking rally in their big leather chairs don't give a flying fuck. They don't care. They race to the bottom. But I thought the vaccine was here to protect me. I'm That's so confused. You guys confuse me. Well, that didn't say it didn't. It's okay. They You're just don't girl. care. They, <laughs> they look at it as a, they look at it as that they can get rid of you. They can put somebody else in there for less. No, that that's definitely not how government jobs work. All of their income, um, your salary is posted online because taxpayers pay it. Uh, so no matter who's in my job, they're going to get paid what I get paid, and also they lose don't get so bon- much get money. Ever? Um, you every, think the new person hired would not everyone have Everyone gets a raise. We all get a cost of living raise. That you're not. Oh. It's very quiet. Wait, so, that, so, so new people start at the same thing that the old people that have been there for 10 years get? No, you get a six-month like sign-on to, but then once you establish that period, and they're talking about looking at like compensation to go back and be like, what's your level of education? What's your level of experience? Blah, blah, blah. But that would be the first time that they would ever do anything like that, and they haven't actually done it yet. They're just talking about it. So my salary right now is posted because taxpayers pay my salary, and so it's there for them. You know, so that they can see that that's where that money goes to. And if they lose me and have to hire someone else, they lose so much money. Yeah. Right? Like, that's a huge no retention. thing for them. So, I mean, they, they work pretty hard to try to retain you. I mean, until this current circumstance, which I just feel like is going to chase people out. Well, but. See, ghost coasting is the new thing at restaurants. There you go. And there's three different views on it. Basically, it's that people get jobs. Mm-hmm. They work for like two days and they don't ever fucking come back and they don't call. Wait, it why happens is it more. Ghost coasting? I don't because you ghost in the um. I don't. You, you're ghosting your employer because you don't call them back. You don't like tell them you're not coming back. Ghost ride the whip. I don't know. No, ghost the, the ghost part. I get. But I don't know the, the coast. Coasting. I don't it's know. Like, uh, coasting you, you, on out of there. To the next place. <sighs> they just needed uh, a word. I just ghost coasted you know it out. 
Did bro. you just speculate off top? Cause that's yeah, bro. Like yeah. I know how to like figure out what words mean. Usually, I'm and a big then explain fan it. Now, yeah, it happens. It's are. happening the most on tip jobs. The jobs that pay two or three bucks an hour because they don't give a fuck if they get that three dollars an hour after two days. They just wanted the tips and they leave. Yeah. But it's hap- happening the most with that restaurant wise and you know wait wait staff. But okay, so when it first came out, all the employers were saying that these are just unskilled people who after two or three days. They don't know what they're doing. They don't want to work. They're just lazy, so they just move on to the next thing. All the employees that are doing it are saying, or the pe- people studying it looked into it and said, well, hey, you know, it only happens at like a third of a restaurant in each town. Like, it's not every restaurant. It's only these certain restaurants that are, every single employee that comes there goes, fuck this. Yeah, totally. And then those employees eventually find a restaurant that's not an asshole running it, and they stay there. And that's that's going on more. And it's, it's 100%. There's nobody to work the jobs. So, therefore, other jobs are going to be, you're going to go for the best one. Like if your you're a sucks, bigger dick than other people. But right now, if your job sucks, there's right. no reason to stay there. Like, that's if you what don't they're like saying, your job, right? They're saying like these particular restaurants are yes. just assholes. Right. And, no, and anybody they, that's worked or, in restaurants will tell you that is the fucking case. But is no, that all like locally owned? Because like restaurants is such a broad umbrella. Like I know particularly like my kid that's an adult like has worked at like local singular restaurants and then tried to work at a corporate chain because mm-hmm. he just was like oh shit i need a job and i mean he did that like after a couple of days he was like i'll never do this again disappeared didn't even know he could go back for his paycheck because he was like yeah. i must have forfeited it and i was like no you no, still no. get to go get paid for the couple of days but he was like i'll never do that It'll again be very so is this like all restaurants or this is just you're talking about no, locally they- owned particular people are dick faces or no, they like, said that it ha- it's happening more with independent places. That right. corporate places, for this the most is... part, they, they're not going to be as big of an asshole because they don't care if they make money. Like, they're getting their paychecks from the national office. They don't give a fuck. Like, right. But if this... they don't do good, then they'll just keep working because the place will still be there, whereas the small restaurant will go the fuck out of business, you know? Okay. This, this is what uh, economists refer to as the invisible dick of the market. You know what I mean? It's like a... Uh... It's a gollywomping. It's like, uh, you know, the market will resolve itself kind of thing. Like, oh, you're a douche who shits on That's not on how invisible employers. dicks work. I, I'm not. The situation doesn't resolve itself. Anna Nicole Smith told a whole story about that when she was still alive. Ghost dick. She had sex with the ghost. It was a whole thing. Also, which I've, ghost I, I also know man. a local rapper that may or may not have had sex with a ghost. I have. I, I've heard tell. If That's I wake up covered saying. in jizz, I'm just going to make up whatever story I can. Well, I mean, your girl's not going to believe you anyway. Depends on whose jizz it is. That's when you wake up and you're like, dick! I've been slimed. He slimed me. That wasn't what I meant, but yeah, okay. Ew. The thing to is restaurants, and this is happening in restaurants now, where restaurants are going out of business finally. Like, And I said at the beginning of the pandemic, I know it's whatever, just... Restaurants are going to be fucked. They're going to. So many people are going to just keep dumping their savings, trying to keep it afloat, hoping the pandemic's going to end soon, and they're losing their savings, and they're just going to be fucked. And like, if you couldn't turn into straight up a delivery restaurant, and you were relying on, please open our dining room back up, you're you're going to lose all your money. Did you? Side note, just mm-hmm. a genuine question: Did you guys notice that there weren't farmers markets during the pandemic? Yeah, I thought that was a given. Back and forth. Some places had them, some didn't. Did they, they, like, ours opened eventually, and it was like a, they were all like very spaced. Eventually, right? Mm-hmm. The farmer's like market an here didn't close. outdoor place that people can come and easily space on giant pieces of land, and you could go buy actual healthy organic food. Shut down. 
But you could still go to Walmart and fucking McDonald's, Ingles and McDonald's. No, I mean, McDonald's, as we well, talked about, McDonald's is essential market workers. McDonald's raged because like, they closed their dining rooms. Door space where you can easily distance. Like they are in giant well, spaces. Mm-hmm. Yep. When I think Plenty of a farmer's, of them are. but in my mind, when I think of a farmer's market, I usually think of the space between two point a parking space on this side and this side being the main pathway and a bunch of people in it but yeah. he's also a big dave that. matthews fan so yeah. he thinks about the space between a lot now it, ooh, you have to you have to have ooh, now it's in my head you gotta have a certain amount of customers Gross. like there has to be a no, certain like, amount of crowd to make it even profitable to go a, to the farmer's market at a and farmer's market it's a lot more likely someone will crash into you <laughs> Once I was on an airplane yeah. with Dave Matthews. Get out of here. I was true on an airplane story, with True Lewis. story. And I felt like I knew I was in like, like I didn't feel like I would be intimidated. But you were in the but presence I was of in the, the office. presence of the office of Dave <laughs> Matthews. <laughs> That's amazing. Ew. I saw him open for the Grateful Dead once, and I was like, "What the fuck is this bullshit? Who is this? Who is fool? this guy? And why is, is he wasting fool? my day? How does he Edie have a serious radio here. station now? This motherfucker, like, literally on serious radio, which I love. I'm not plugging them, but he, I Iola, adore it. His company paid for it to be there. It's bizarre. He, I have to like fly by like Dave Matthews and like fish and like right. i mean there's just certain ones where i'm like ooh, like why are you how do you have say this? what you okay say what you will though look i'm this is not a testament to the quality of his music or oh, like fandom no this motherfucker made a lot a lot of money and uh and, and that's he, not and even like he's like right there between because you know he only has the two or three like hit radio songs but he was not quite putting up like fish or Grateful Dead numbers, but like the other than them, thing, he is the next. It, he is the next as far to, as like, a touring live. musician. And the same with Blues Traveler was in a weird place yeah, too, where the absolutely. two of them like without big radio before they got big radio yep. were, were selling out these stadiums, and people were like, "What All the fuck is happening?" College with- rock bullshit. I'm no Blues Travelers fan, but I just want to say, if you ever watched the lip sync battle on Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty fucking phenomenal job that one particular person does with that. You know which Blues Traveler song. Yeah. Whatever, you know. The hook brings, the hook brings you, you back. back. That's the only one I know. All right, relax, guys. I didn't know That's, it. That's all I know, that one song. Blues Clues fans. <laughs> blues Clues Traveler. Speaking of Blues <laughs> Clues. Oh, my God. You Did you guys watch the Steve? Blues Did you guys clues watch what traveler. Steve said? Did you hear about it, though? Yes. I saw, the art- Wait, I saw articles me. in the news feeds. Tell me. All right, so. He said he'd been gone, and he's back now. But he left, right? When, like, mm-hmm. kids that are about a decade younger than us. Like, I had a kid born, I think, like, the year after Blue Scoots came out. So, but I had always seen them, and I knew who Steve was. And then he just, like, abruptly left, and there was a lot of rumors, and people thought he overdosed on drugs, and people thought he, like, did all this crazy shit or whatever. And then just recently, the other day, literally, he came out and made a video, and he's, like, in the room, and he's, like, talking to people that are, like, in their 30s, and he's, like... Hey guys, like remember when I left? Like, remember we were just like having a really good time and we were freaking out, and then all of a sudden it was like my brother Joe, and like, here's what I went and did, and like that was just what I needed to do, and like, I just wanted to come tell you guys, like, I really appreciate you, and also like, life's really fucked up, and like this like, shit's been hard, and like, like, I want some of this Lavar Burton money. Now we got families. Now we got I'm kids. Doing like, a comeback. Not, 
I was very emotional. And I only looked it up because so many people that I'm friends with in that age range were like mm-hmm. posting things about that. I was like, well, I, now I must know, you know? And I totally got the jokes. I mean, I didn't become misty-eyed myself, but I definitely got all the jokes See, about people sort of like weeping. Like this person connecting to your childhood in a really personal way out of mm-hmm. fucking nowhere. You know, like 20-some years later. Like if the voice of cool. Starscream could do that. <laughs> Hello, <Yeah>. guys. <laughs> do you know where I've been? No. I said I'll be back. That's the thing is, I, I, By the way, you look great. I never heard of Blue's Clues until one of our friends had a kid, and we mm-hmm. had to, we were all dressing up in costumes for his yeah. birthday party, and we were all like, "Who the yeah. fuck is that blue dog?" Like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be the blue dog. I don't fucking know who that blue dog is. I had to be and, tickle me Elmo. And I was saying, I think I was the blue dog. I didn't want to be SpongeBob. I, to, I, I think, think Cricket, Cricket was, was SpongeBob, SpongeBob, and I was Blue Blue's Clues. But I didn't know who appealing. Blue was. Like a very appealing character. Also. What I just had no job? relevance, and I honestly would have way Tickle rather. Tickle Me Elmo is gross as I fuck. I completely agree FYI, with you. I like wanted, super pervy and weird. I would have. I would have been Oscar the Grouch if they gave me the chance, or at least Bert. It's, You're that every it's day. Funny. I know. For but, years. All right. So I'm gonna typecast so you for a fucking birthday party, bro. Adam Strange filmed this birthday party where so we he had didn't have to, to be on camera, and there was a clip oh, of uh, me with the. Elmo suit on and I we went down to the basement to s- smoke weed away from the kids suit up. and uh, I took the you know the big Elmo head up uh, off <laughs> and um, Adam Strange is filming me and somebody goes uh, oh Elmo why don't got why don't you got your your head on oh and I, I just looked at the camera and go tickle me you might get fucked up son <laughs> Fuck it, that's the own that's the entirety of the clip. You showed them power. I did. You know what? Yeah, guess what? I'm more of a super grover and you know that about me. For years I had heard that Elmo was this creation that after Henson died, the corporate corporations came in and they made a new character that they could corporate you know, capitalize on. That's total bullshit. Jim Henson made up Elmo a long fucking time ago. He's on early, early Sesame Street where you're like, Wow, he was just a background character forever. He was just oh, a little red Elmo's monster named world Elmo. Was- I mean, very, I mean, I am oh. hyper familiar. Elmo now. was the Delta variant of fucking Muppets. Like he was there way earlier yeah. than you. Abby, I'm gonna tell you honestly. I Abby recently me just threw away like a Tickle Me Elmo doll. Like I remember when it was at its height of hotness. Yeah, when but it was there was like I had shit. a baby yeah. daddy that was like, I will do the cool thing for Christmas. You know what I mean? Well, like I will send the Tickle Me Elmo. No, it was like the Cabbage Patch Kid of its day. If you, exactly, if, indeed. A, or Elmo, the Hatchimals. Elmo's a weird one where he's, he's got the single dad. Cooses. Like Elmo's got a dad, but they don't ever talk about why there's not a mom around. He's just there hanging out with his dad. And but then if you look at Elmo, he don't really look like his dad, but he's a fucking red Grover. So like Elmo looks, he's Grover. No, he's Grover the same. has a round head. I have the I have the dolls at home. I have the little stuff. No, animals. they have the, the same, same nose and okay. they are the same fur texture. One is orange, the other one is blue. Yeah, but Grover. Yeah, but that doesn't Grover matter. Grover has a way different Grover head shape. Was fucking Elmo's mom is but what I'm saying. But you're not your oh, okay. father's fucking. T- yeah. Oh, okay. Like, no, no, no. What he's insinuating here is they that they look very <gasps> similar. Okay. Except no, for I color. got you. And Elmo's father does not look like Elmo. And also, so I think. Take Super. Grover was fucking Elmo's mom. I, I don't disagree with that at all. In fact, what did I just say? I'm a fucking Super Grover, dude. You know that about me. I've been st- saying You can't that. stick a landing? Uh, no. Like, I'm like the great Gonzo. You shoot me out of a cannon, I'm out of here. But you know about Grover, Super Grover 
What, he stuck the landing? I don't know. He's just he's got a real helmet now instead of a colander. Oh, oh he right. does. Yeah. He's got it looks at very the like who's the guy with the he, like jumpy, the Roman the shit, yeah. Who was the dude that jumped all the buses? Oh, evil can evil. Yeah. Oh, is that what his new one was like? Because I remember it? it's like sparkly. At, at one point, I remember he had one that looked like no, a hot Roman, rod. like a Roman gladiator. You know what I mean? Um, but I forgot. You're right. Like he started with just a fucking uh, spaghetti strainer on and his the head. The funny thing about Grover is one of the Grover's backstories is that oh, he has on, every job. If you watch an episode of Sesame Street, Grover will come he's through Jamaican? like being a mailman or some shit. Like no matter what, he's got at least two jobs per episode of Sesame mm-hmm. Street, and he's super Grover. He's still fucking out there trying to help people. I love it. All right, well, we got to wrap this up because uh, we got a gig to play tomorrow. Uh, super shout out to the Sasquatch Hunter. We're uh, we're coming to see you, buddy. Um, all right, um, you got any parting shouts? I'm or coming to get us out of here. All right, uh, uh, if you got a restaurant, you better start paying better because he does not. He does not. He pays really well he for speaking uh, to the general public. grab shows. I'm not talking about that. Oh, okay. I'm talking about cool. Ghost Coast. Yeah, just generally. Yeah, all right. On behalf of the Blues Clues Traveler, Adam Strange, a.k.a. And, nope, that's not one of your AKAs. A.k.a. the Vice Count, Dirty Finger. I know I was going to call him something else. A.k.a. the Vice Count, Dirty Finger, uh, Boris Gums, Tooth Willis. And uh, on behalf of Silvery Plath, a.k.a. Delta 8 Burke, Woko Ono, Alicia Silverstone, Yoni Barra. Uh, I am your host, Matthew McConaughey-Wood, the white James Colburn, uh, MC Onion the Rapscallion, Fallio Iglesias, Punani DeFranco, known to the ladies as a named Sugar Cookie. Uh, you have been fucking with the worst case scenario, because two wrongs don't make a right, but three wrongs definitely make a worse. <laughs>